This whole operation was your idea. Hey, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. Roger here. And with me, as always, is my co-host Declan Kitchener. Hey, Declan, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. We're recording a little bit earlier today, so we've both got our cups of coffee and we've had our breakfasts, and now we're back with a whole bunch of new songs. Basically, what Roger is saying is that we have completed our morning routine satisfactorily, and now we are prepared to entertain the masses. For for it is our job, <laughs> and we get paid a fine price for it. <laughs> Wait, you get paid? Oh, yeah. Wait, we did this joke last time. Yeah, we did, didn't we? I'm absolutely <laughs> swimming in it, I think I said. I only remember that because I edited. Um, but yeah, so this is a new season, isn't it? New, uh, yeah. new season. New season, new songs. Uh, and for anyone who's not actually heard the podcast before, uh, what this is, is basically we spend a week each writing songs that the other one hasn't heard, and then we bring them to the podcast, and then we... Uh, well, we Back in the before times, we used to play them live on air. Uh, now we sort of listen to them the day before and we sort of discuss them, what went into writing them, the influences, the techniques, and basically anything else that comes to the top of our heads during discussion moments. Yeah, so, um, and this is episode 92 now. So 92? Oh. We've been at this for a while. And wait, so now we're doing seasons too, aren't we? So this is season yes. 10? Season 10. How did we get to season 10? I feel like as. As the host of this podcast, I think we should both know that, but only you know that. So I think I have some kind of inflection in my voice there. Well, I'm just trying to think because um, this is like our fifth year of doing it. So that averages out two seasons a year. That's right. And this is this year's, I think, third season. No, second. Third? Second, third. 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 We'll cut this. Yeah. Basically, we had a big <laughs> gap in the middle. No, we're not cutting this. I'm keeping this in. This is lovely and awkward. Oh, shit. This it's is, your edit. This is, yeah. I've got to be careful what I say now. <laughs> I'll just like have a sentence at the end of like really random strung together words. I am a worse songwriter than Declan. Uh, finally, the platform I've been waiting for to share my incendiary views on race. Oh, God. <laughs> joking, uh, joking, joking. I have no incendiary views on race. Oh, dear. Right, okay. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on. So, um, we take it in terms as to who goes first each week. And I believe it's your go first, Roger. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so I have a song called Didn't You? And uh, we'll take a listen to it, I suppose. And then we'll come back and have a chat. So here it is. Say I care 
was a roger song this week didn't you and i must say i absolutely love it it's amazing like it's i there's a lot that sort of springs out um of it to me and like how you could take it further how you could produce it and it's got like a really interesting lyric and it's got a really interesting melodical structure basically how did you start with this one well thanks a lot i appreciate that um so i started off with the verses so that's sort of like a status quo type of riff at the beginning with the, you know, six dun, chords. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. So that came later. So the verse came first, um, which was inspired by this song by Flo and Eddie called The Love You Gave Away. Um, and I was listening Are to this... those uh, guys who you mentioned the other day, the guys who used to be in The Turtles. Yeah, that's right. Used to be in The Turtles and then were in Zappa's uh, Mother's Invention. Um yeah, yeah, Flo and Eddie. Moving Targets is one of my weekly listening albums this week, and it's so good. Ooh. So good. Um, so I was listening to The Love You Gave Away, and do you ever get it where, like, you're listening to a lyric and you go, "It." you don't want to, like, copy it or plagiarise it, but it gives you such a good idea for another lyric that you just have to, like, take your headphones out and grab a pen and paper. I've had that once or twice. It's a... You sort of, it's lovely when you have that moment and you get inspired but then you've got that other lyric swing around in your head and you'll just sort of have in the back of your mind like don't write it down don't write it down don't write it down <laughs> yeah it's a very it's a it's a hard line to toe like to get that inspiration from it which i feel is relatively organic and to not just rip it off completely so so the lyric that really got me was um face it friend it's true she means more to me than you And the reason that got to be so much is because it's it reminded me sort of of the Beatles thing of when they wrote She Loves You. Like, they're changing who they're singing to, you know? It's like shifting the dynamics of the conversation away from me, you, to uh, them. Yeah, definitely. And the, the idea Not to of... spoil, this is a theme we're coming back to. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so, I mean, anything like that always pricks my ears up, but I... I thought, oh, face it, friend, it's true. She means more to me than you. So the singer is addressing 
the other guy who he's like in competition with or something like that. Well, not competition, you know, but he's addressing the other guy um, as opposed to the girl, which I thought was really cool. Um, so I picked up my pen and pad and um, I wrote, I bet, uh, what did I, what's my first lyric? I bet he left with a smile. Um, you know, so like talking about it, like as, but the way I didn't sort of copy the lyric is obviously I changed the uh, perspective a little bit there. Hmm. Um, and then sort of, so I had a kind of basis for the way each verse should start. I bet he did this. I bet he did this, but did he did it? So I already had kind of like a, a basis or a format for the song to build around because with that format, I thought, oh, I could kind of really play it straight here and use a lot of one, five, one, four, five chords, you know, um, in this case, C, F and G. But I thought, what if I do that thing I'd like to do sometimes where I turn the five chord, the G in this case, into a minor chord, so G minor. Um, and it gives it a much sort of like sadder tone. Um, it, you get a more melancholic feel out of it, don't you? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, you get a more melancholic feel. And then also it wants to go somewhere else. It's like, because, you know, as, as when you're writing a chord progression... You're kind of thinking like, oh, where should this go next? Where should this go next? If you go to G major instead of G minor, you have like a few choices of where you can go next, um, but they're all quite conventional. Whereas if you go to G minor, you have to kind of like really give some thought and some playing around uh, time to actually figure out what the next chord is going to be. So I made it A7, um, which then brings you up to D minor, which is the two, and then the actual proper five, G. um, And then so you're kind of going through the circle of fifths. Um, so that was kind of the verse, and I, th- I thought it was kind of fun to use um, a minor five again rather than a major five. Mm. It uh, creates a really interesting like sonic palette right out the gate, which um, you know draws you in. It's ear candy essentially. Yeah, definitely, and I think particularly after having the um, opening, like, because well, obviously once I structured it properly, once I had the opening blues riff, I was like, I'm glad it goes into something a bit more unusual in the verse, because otherwise it could just be like like a rock and roll song, which obviously there's nothing wrong with rock and roll songs, but we try to do something a bit more that we could talk about on the podcast, for example. Hmm. Sorry, just to interrupt, like, uh, I really hope one day you just release an album called Ear Candy. I just, like, I love the concept of, like, you having this record and it's just, like, all the twiddly bits that catch your attention, just, like, a hundred tracks of them all in a row. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. But you can imagine how cheesy the artwork would have to be. I'd have to have, like, a candy cane in my ear or something and, like, a peppermint up my nose. In- in- indeed, verily. Sorry, I got that <laughs> off track a little bit. Uh, I think, I think you've got to get that stuff off your chest sometimes when it comes yeah, to Yeah, there are just some opinions that just need to be, like, proffered forth into this world, and ear candy is one of them. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. Ear candy is going to happen in 80 years. Um, no, but... Uh, so, yeah, I had the verses, and then the... No, 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 the choruses came first, which kind of makes what I you just said null and void. You lied to me! <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of had this idea of, like, because the chorus has, this is where it becomes difficult if you don't have guitars and we're not in front of each other. The chorus has gaps in it where you can sing the whole thing with one vocal, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to like write a backing vocal into the acoustic demo. So that's why you have the bits where it goes, did it you call, did it you call. Those parts are a backing vocal as, a part to, as opposed to a lead vocal. Mm. Um, but just because I thought that would be something so fun to work with when it comes to actually time to produce the song. Um, and it's it's a song I'm looking forward to producing up um, fully because 
it's got a little bit of like a few things I like in producing a song. Like for example, the the opening riff, I think could be kind of fun, and you could like really kind of rev that up and make that much more upbeat and rocky than you know than the verses. Well, when it comes uh, to the production of this one, it, there are so many ways that you could take it just because it's such a strong set of chords and such a strong melody. Like uh, you could take it all the way down and do like a John Grant, Queens of Denmark piano thing, really slow it down and draw the emotion out of it. You could, because it's uh, the way you play a few of the licks and a few of the chord movements, you could, sort of could do like a country style thing with it. You could like go full on mm-hmm. rock punk kind of thing and like make it make it the dumb rock song that you didn't want it to be. <laughs> or you could do like the Roger sort of style uh, of produ- uh, producing it, which is kind of informed by those, but is his own thing. Uh, which, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how you do this one, particularly with like the backing vocals and stuff. I can imagine that sounding really cool when you get like stacks of harmonies on there. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Like you say, it's one of those ones that could go in a few different directions. And that's what I've been enjoying so much recently is just like, where can we take this and like, what surprises can can I give myself even? Like, oh, you know, use like a, a fuzz face or something on this one, on the guitar or, you know. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to producing that one up more. Um, the riff was actually kind of a bit of a saving grace, to be honest, because I had my chorus, the didn't you call to say I miss you, that part. Then I had the verses, you know, I bet he did that part. But there wasn't really any seeming way to like bridge them. And I didn't have a start for the song. So originally the song just started with, I bet he smiled, like that. Which, and then uh, It's nice enough like uh, to start on something like that, but like it, it it can feel a little lacking sometimes. Like you, yeah. you can do better than that, which you have in this case. Well, I appreciate that, thanks. I mean, the standard like rock and roll riff, that that thing... Is something I think it almost feels a bit pastiche or like something we might try and avoid. Mm. But what sold me on it when I was trying to come up with the riff is it goes has that thing on the C. So classic rock and roll. And then rather than going up to the F, which would be the four, and just doing the classic rock and roll thing there, instead I go to an E minor, which makes this funny little shaped chord. And the moment I had that, I was like, that's different enough from like a, you know, rocking all over the world, for example. So on that one, are you still doing the da da Is that sixth then the C on that as opposed to a C sharp? Yeah, that's right. So it's some C as opposed to C sharp um, to kind of keep it in that minor feel. Um, And there was something about playing a rock and roll minor chord that kind of um, struck me as fun. It's something I've tried to do before and I can never work it in satisfactorily, so I'm sort of kind of low-key jealous that you've managed to get it to work. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) A complete accident, I assure you. Go to your room and think about what you've done. I'm literally doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically the the mission statement of the podcast. (laughs) That's the podcast. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a funny one because I feel like there's quite a lot to the song. But it's quite simple as well, so that I can't think of so much to say about it. Um, anything uh, come to mind? Well, I kind of just like how it's put together. I also love the fact that you sort of got an uh, outro solo on there, which kind of, um, 
I know compositionally you could just take it out and end at the end of the vocal, but like having that solo in there kind of gives you the feeling that things are slightly unresolved in the lyric and that, you know, uh, you could put this near the start of an album and those themes might develop later on, which um, cause mm. it's, in- it's interesting. Uh, again, not to spoil, but we've both used solos this week and compositionally, we don't tend to use them a lot because solos are just something you chuck in when you're building a song uh, up. Uh, from a demo stage to a full band or a you know fully multi-track recording so was that just kind of something that you put in there uh, just to fill up a bit of time or was that something you're thinking like no this needs to end on something else other than the vocal uh kind of both really um you know to, to steal your phrase a little column a and a little column b um have you heard that um lemon twigs album uh songs for the general public yet no, it is lying on my desk, uh, and I'm going to listen to it after we finish recording today. But uh, no, I've only heard it at work recently, so. Oh, that's that's fair. Um, there's this song called "The One" on it, which was like the lead single, and that has two guitar solos in it. Um, and and it, the song's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I think the reason it has those two guitar solos is because otherwise the song would be about a minute and twenty nine seconds long. So I think mine kind of falls into into that structural category at least, um, where if if it was just verse chorus verse chorus, I think it would be a bit short and like not much to kind of go on. But then at the same time, as well as elongating the song, I wanted to sort of uh, what do I want to say like have more stuff to produce up when I when I finally get the drums uh, on this song and that sort of thing and maybe I won't be a guitar solo at the point maybe it'll be like a, an orchestral section or a synthesizer part or, or something like that but just kind of, it's just more of a, a canvas to paint on so to speak ah fair play but it does sort of provide you a space to sort of uh, expand on the mood that you've developed yeah definitely and plus I mean you know you and I both we love playing guitar solos and um, yeah if one one of us isn't very song. good at them <clears throat> uh, myself, but uh, I'd love playing them, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's true. I wouldn't say that's true at all. Ugh, you haven't heard some of my demos. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's basically my song. Um, and, yeah, it's a start. It's a start. So, so there we go. Well, I think that's a very strong start to season 10. I still can't believe it's season 10. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, but, like, that's a very strong start to the season, and I really love that song and i can't wait to hear what you do with it whether you like take it down the sort of more uh internalized uh quiet route or whether you decide to go on full-on rock with it or you know wherever wherever in between you take it i really want to hear it fully produced thank you yeah I'm, i'm looking forward to seeing how it how it turns out myself yeah um so i think that's all from me and now it's time to hear your song if you're ready Oh, joy. Okay, so my song this week is... uh, called. What did I call it in the end? Uh, It's called Got A Lot Of Faith. And, uh, yeah, it goes like this. Center, stirring in the eye of a perfect storm. No time to take a minute, cause he always must resist. And somehow the point was being missed. 
Watching drowning in denial Perfectly presented with his made up face The chief was always resting lying just beneath the skin And lying in the trouble he was in But they've got a lot of faith in him They've got a lot of faith he'll find his way Stubbornly beside him in the darkness Arrogance and loyalty it's hard to say Where they stand they stand with him Started looking at his own reflection He couldn't stand to contemplate who he had been He wanted to be someone, someone worthy of their time And he began dismantling the lie And every sweeping change moved him forwards with a smile The fact that they were there for him had made it worth the while The presence right behind him transmitted across a hundred miles That is very cool. I really like that a lot. Thank you. It's uh, unusual chordally, I think. Um, and I don't know, it, it kind of strikes me as like a mixture between something I'd go to a musical in here and be like, I've got to buy the soundtrack. And like a Frank Turner type of feel as well, like a mixture between those in the middle somewhere. Flattery will get you nowhere, Roger. But thank you. Um, <laughs> this one had a bit of a weird genesis. Uh, basically, I was down in Cornwall for a week when we decided that we were starting up this challenge again. Uh, so I didn't have much time to get some writing done, but I did manage to store a couple of uh, uh, note ideas on my phone. Basically... Aside from your voice and a musical instrument, your phone is the best songwriting tool you'll ever have. Oh, yeah. Um, basically, I was fiddling around with my guitar, and I came up with this sort of uh, lead line on the guitar, which was... Uh, I'll play the clip now. So I thought that might be interesting to take into a vocal line and I sort of developed some chords around it. But it's much slower than the finished version ended up being. Uh, so I just ended up speeding that one up and the melody changed as well. Uh, and then I was literally out at an open mic with um, Sammy Jonas, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, and just in the middle of... <laughs> in the middle of a bar, in the middle of like a... Uh, Cornwall just suddenly had this idea for a melody for the chorus and here's a recording of that 
Ah, so now I can kind of see like it's starting to take shape at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's still quite slow. So I just ended up not really touching it until I came home from work on... We write from Monday to Sunday. So I came home on the Saturday after work and just started trying to put these things together. And inevitably, when I run into problems trying to put chords together, I just speed the song up and hope that no one notices. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it just ended up becoming quicker and the original melody didn't really scan quickly enough or nicely enough um, at that speed so that ended up changing to the oh so that melody wasn't like baked in at the beginning when you wrote the guitar part no it sort of developed from the first melody but it uh, sort of changed to fit over the faster lyric uh, and then the fact that you've got the riff in there was kind of... We've had um, Jaded Hearts Club uh, on at work. Like um, It's basically guys from Jet, Blur, Muse, uh, Zootons, uh, Lash Shadow Puppets, uh, all forming like a covers band. And one of the things I really liked on that album was um, their version of uh, Have Love Will Travel, which... Um, that's the dung, doo, da, dung, da, da, dung, oh yeah da, 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 da. yeah it's by Richard Berry originally although the version everyone knows is the Sonics yeah. and if you're in the UK you know it as the music for the LV adverts um, so I ended up just trying to come up with a riff to fit the chords that I had which then ended up being the vocal melody as well <laughs> so the vocal melody is like half and half between them uh, between being the riff and the original demo can I just say um, now you've said that I understand the song even more it is it is very much like a mixture isn't it yeah it's kind of um, it, it's this weird thing which I, I don't know how I got there but I'm quite happy with it which is rare for me yeah the chorus just sort of fell together quite quickly um once because you've got that do 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 that sort of implies the main structure of it and then you only have to do the um arrogance and loyalty that sort of stuff which is just basically the same chord pattern repeated twice which fits really well there and yeah basically that whole song is based around diatonic chords there's not really anything that outrageous in it there's a diminished but it's in the proper place for a diminished uh, hmm. so it goes from the fifth to the seventh to the root uh, which essentially acts as like putting the fifth up sorry putting turning that fifth into a fifth with a seven on it uh, and it's got a major third but not a lot of the time Hmm. I think, yeah, a major third um, can be used to make the rest of the song sound like it's very non-diatonic, even if you just use it a couple times. Yeah, despite the fact that it's one of the most uh, used uh, variations on chords. But it's just that powerful. It really works really well. Um, the only other bit was just uh, the bridge, which was just chucked in there to sort of provide, a br um, well, a bridge... Uh, sort of between verse three and 
the second chorus because like you couldn't transition straight between them. Uh, the lyrics in this one are a bit weird. Okay, all right. Because uh, basically, I have plans in 2021 to do an album loosely around the concept of friends. Um, and so uh, that was sort of on my mind as I was doing the lyrics for this one. And uh, you just think about like your group of mates who will always be there for you no matter what. Um, but it didn't feel right saying, you know, they often find me doing this, that and the other because it's not necessarily true. Mm. So I thought, okay, what if I take these feelings that everyone has a little bit sometimes and apply them to these other people? So then you can sort of heighten the emotions of it and it still sort of scans as like, you know, making sense of them, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah, I get that. So essentially, like we mentioned earlier, we're changing the perspective. We've changed it from uh, what would have been me and my friends to him and his friends. Oh, uh, okay. Which, which then allows you to sort of uh, make things up. <laughs> for lack yeah, a, yeah. For lack of a better term. Um, but that sort of came out of... Uh, that lyrical theme came out of what I was just mumbling along for the chorus, which I've got a lot of faith in him. Like if you've got that coming to your head for the chorus, you've got to retrofit the entire song around it. Cause it's, 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 it's a line that needs to stay there. <laughs> Definitely. There are some like that where you go, right, okay, I've got this one and I'm not letting it go. So the rest of the song will have to adapt. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the only bit I'm not that happy with lyrically is the second line of the bridge. Because like, that's kind of the moment where the person that's being talked about starts to change their ways. Um, but it's it's clunky. It, it only exists to bridge the gap between lines one and two, so that needs to get rewritten at some point. Uh, so uh, bridge the gap between lines one and three. But, but other than yeah. that, I'm quite happy with the rest of it. Uh, but I did end up putting a solo in there, A, because the song is super short. <laughs> <laughs> With the solo in there, it takes about, what, two minutes to listen to all of it. And it's a big jump to go from starting to change your ways to, yes, I had a lot of faith in him. Um, <laughs> so that sort of allows you time to sort of digest that. And then when the chorus comes back in, it sort of feels like it's taken longer than it actually has when you look at the lyrics. That's cool, though, because it shows, you know, you've put some real thought into the structure. Because sometimes a solo can act as a buffer, can't it? Rather than just going from one lyric splash into another. Mm. Yeah, like this is good solo placement is kind of key for transitioning and developing mood. Um, and sometimes you just chuck them in to make it seem like you're cleverer than you are. That's most of the Guilty time for me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's really cool. I mean, like... My my only question, I suppose, was structurally. Is it a re relatively standard structure for a for a pop song, or is it? You feel like it's a little bit different because obviously you got the solo in there, but. I think what, um, for it's a relatively standard structure for me. Uh, it's mm. verse, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, solo, chorus. Like I tend to write in a way that sort of you replace your second chorus and a free chorus song with a bridge 
if that makes sense. Right, yeah. So, so you only end up having two choruses. Um, so I'm not sure how standard that is because I've I've completely forgotten to check in on popular music in the last <laughs> ten years. Um, but it it's a standard structure for me. But because this one is like a very straight to the point, uh, you know, very simple, very loud, very fast song, it doesn't need like a bohemian rhapsody style structure on it yeah no of course that makes sense i like the structure to this song i mean i suppose that's the thing is we kind of get into our own groove don't we of like this is the general structure i use for songs and it might not be the same as everybody else but it's kind of uh your go-to or you know i have my go-to as well yeah it's sort of uh there are so many songs where you can sort of just spot the verse verse bridge chorus structure in my songs it's unreal but um, you do try and keep that in mind and you do try and write other things around it every now and then just so that you're not completely doing the same thing every time. <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. But you will just develop habits as you write songs. That's just part of the nature of it. Look at any songwriter. You can pick out cliches and techniques that they use over time. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, quite often you can look at some people's techniques or tools and even if they're kind of like funny because, you know, they're so synonymous with that person, they're still signature to that person too. Mm, it sort of helps give them a bit of identity uh, uh, in a way that sort of is sort of divorced from the image of a composer. Like, uh, for example, uh, if you're talking about Freddie Mercury as a musician, you might talk about the bottomless mic stand, you might talk about the moustache, you might talk about um, uh, you know, the poses that he did on stage or like the famous outfit from the Wembley concert but if you talk about him as a composer you might talk about how he composes in uh, E flat or A flat a lot of the time you might talk about how he uses more complex chord variations, about how he runs down a lot of the time from a B flat and runs that down you can find that in uh, It's a Hard Life and Bohemian Rhapsody and a few other songs so it, it's it's kind of a different way of talking about uh, musicians I don't know what the point of this was I'm <laughs> just going on a ramble <laughs> I, I mean just that everybody writes differently um, yeah. I was trying to think of a couple of good examples as well but I mean uh, oh John Lennon does the um, major three a lot but then a lot of people do Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Every everyone's doing all right by me. Everyone's doing all right by me. Oh, we're writing on there now. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. That's next week's song. Yeah. Wait. What? <laughs> but um. Oh, but yeah. Dear. No. I I really like um. I really like your song this week. Um. What oh, would you do you. with it to like produce up? Is it going to be one to produce up? Do you think? And how would you do that? Um. This one would just be straight ahead heavy rock, as as almost all my songs are. Um, it's kind of really, I kind of, I, this sounds really egotistical, but I kind of really like this song. <laughs> and I want to record it, but I'm trying to finish off my album at the moment uh, when I have the f- spare time, so I have to wait. <laughs> but I just so want to put a demo for this together and then send it off to Bo and just say, like, excuse me, mate, could I have some drums, please? <laughs> Oh, do it, do it. It'll only take five minutes. Uh, yeah, it's a simple song. 
<laughs> no, not for him to play drums to. I mean, the demo. <laughs> well, yeah, the song's yeah. only two minutes long. You could get two demos done in that time. Um, so we don't have any emails this week. Um, but you can email the show if you want to. Weekly song podcast at gmail.com. If you have songs you want to send in that you've written in a week, or if you want to tell us about any grievances or ideas or anything like that, then do get in touch. Or maybe if you just want to shout at us to stay on topic and uh, not deviate so much. Genuinely, though, we do appreciate uh, emails and messages in. We always enjoy reading them and we try and read as many out on air as we can. Uh, so, you know, it's all fun. All goes into, you know, what goes into the love of the show? It certainly does. Um, so I think that's basically us for this week, isn't it, Dagon? Yeah, it's a very short episode this week. It is. I mean, you know, in and out, bish, bash, bosh, I think, you know. But I think we've got two great songs this week, uh, which don't really need a lot of explaining. So uh, next week we'll write some very overcomplicated bad ones. Then we can have like a two-hour <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll exactly. be episode 100. We just write the worst songs ever. Wouldn't that be funny to like, try and write a really bad song? Oh, we just need to go back to the Sexy Sadie episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Or like, write a song like that band, The Shags. You remember The Shags? Oh, I remember you showing me that video about them. Please no. My, my brain could not cope. <laughs> they were something else. It's, um... Uh, it, it, it's an aesthetic, that's for sure. I mean, bless them, you know. They tried. Bless a them. Lot of, a lot of people liked them. I think Kurt Cobain liked them, because Kurt uh, Cobain liked anything like that. Well, it is ironic, and he got to show how, uh, like, non-mainstream he was. Uh, he may have genuinely liked it, but it, it starts off being, like, uh, the ironic... It's like you start hating a thing then you ironically love a thing and then you're just a genuine fan by the end and you wonder where the hell your life went wrong it's weird when that happens isn't it you go wait a second i like this now yeah it's like hang on i i actually don't like this artist how have i got 20 albums by them (laughs) oh man yeah that's definitely happened a few times yeah oh the weirder one for me is when you have like um uh, an artist that you don't mind but you don't like go out hunting for their work but then you just sort of see it a lot of the time in charity bins and uh, like um, super on sale and everything and you before you know it you've ended up with like six albums from this band that you really just don't care for that much and you just think <laughs> oh okay maybe I've got a spending problem <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that artist found you they went right all these are like a pound each, so just buy the whole discography. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So is there going to be like loads of variations? Are you going to develop... No, it's the same album six times. Okay, but but they're like a pound each. Okay, but I, I like variation. Take them! So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, as we mentioned before, if you do want to get in contact for any reason, uh, why not send in an email to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube um, with a couple of things on it. Uh, I was planning to put more up, but I lost track of time. Don't rush me, I'll do something. Uh, we have an Instagram, which I believe Roger runs, uh, and uh, you've been quite active on there recently. Uh, Try my best to keep it active, yep. Yeah, we have a Facebook page, which um, we will try and keep things going up there 
uh, throughout the season. Um, we don't have anywhere else online, do we? Um, not really. No, just um, Instagram and Facebook are the main ones, I think, as well as obviously the streaming platforms we're on. And uh, the couple of little bits on YouTube as well. We really need to know this business more in depth than we actually do. Um, talking of business, where can they find you, Roger, and your music? And my business. And um, your business. <laughs> Present uh, business. So, at Roger Heathers on Instagram and Twitter. RogerHeathers.com is my band camp where you can buy my albums. Um, and I'll leave it at that. But definitely give me a follow. Or where can they find you, Declan? Um, you can find me, uh, you can find my music at DeclanKitchener.bandcamp.com. Currently, I've got the Captive Audience EP up there, which I recorded in lockdown earlier this year. And hopefully before the year's out, I shall have an album on there, um, provided everything stops going wrong. Um, (laughs) you can find me, Declan Kitchener Music, on Facebook and on, uh, YouTube. Also... Uh, mm-hmm. you can find both of us on SoundCloud if you go to a weekly song podcasts following you'll find both Roger and myself there I'm actually going to put up uh, this demo that I've got in this episode just on there so you can listen through to it without listening through to the whole episode if you wish to uh, seeing as we're making these demos uh, like for these episodes it feels like a shame to not have them anywhere uh, else than in the episode so I'm going to try and do that throughout this season that's a good idea. I like that. Nice one. Awesome. Um, I have completely forgotten where I was going to go with this. I think that's that's most of the business, isn't it? I think that's most of the business and the uh, calls to action and the <laughs> and the blatantly pushing these services in front of people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That's it. We'll see you next week for a hopefully slightly longer, hopefully slightly more professional video. Video? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. We're out of practice, folks. We're out of practice. Take but, two. <laughs> but thank you for listening. We really appreciate you listening, and I hope you've enjoyed the show and you've gotten something from it. And uh... Even if it's how big an idiots the both of us are. <laughs> but remember, we're songwriters first and podcasters seventh. <laughs> Oh, as high as seventh. Right. Uh, but yeah, while we're away writing songs and remembering how to do this, uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, ta-ra. Ta-ra.